Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Kids, what time is it? It's time for BZ's Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to the Bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show, live and direct on the SHR Media Network, where I am ensconced right here in the palatial and sumptuous SHR Media Studios. We happen to be broadcasting, I happen to be broadcasting, two miles from the Locus of Evil, in the entire West Coast, the capital of California, Sacramento, Fornicalia, where at night, where the evil winds blow, the smell of sulfur and brimstone is thick in the air. And I might even suggest that the evil that emanates from the state capital and certainly pervades this state, certainly has terribly and undue influence all around the rest of the United Snakes of America. You got a belly up to the bar. We've kept your seat, and it's great to see you back. Snowball is going to be your bartender tonight. He pours with the best of them, and you can see the lava lamp is, in fact, lighted to my left, your right, and that means that you can listen and chat at shrmedia.com. I also heard we're on iTunes, but I don't know that for a fact. I'll have to do some research on that. The other aspect is that you can, like I say with this, if you want to watch the show, you can do that. All you have to do is go to the SHR Media Facebook page or the SHR Media YouTube channel, Enter that information into your favorite search engine, and you can go there quick like a bunny. 
today is uh, I have one more show to broadcast. So I want to make sure that I get uh, as much broadcasting in this week as I possibly can. Uh, in our well, first, I'm sorry, my mistake. Uh, nobody in chat yet, so no kudos to you guys. Um, the first hour, we're going to have Alan Thomas has deigned to return. So Alan Thomas is a Sasquatch and paranormal investigator and researcher. He's been doing it for quite some time. Uh, he has his own show, The Squatch Zone, on YouTube, and he may or may not be going back to Paranormal Central with uh, Jeffrey Gonzalez. We'll wait and see if that actually occurs. It may or may not. Uh, my suggestion to Alan, he knows what it is. Uh, I think he's doing wonderfully fine just where he is right now. However, that's his decision to make. Anyway, he will be here in the first hour. This you you could say this is the uh, the unofficial end of the world show. Today is July twenty fourth, the year of our Lord two zero one eight, and there are let's see two more shopping days until the end of the world. So as I was saying in a lot of the promos uh, for this show earlier today, uh, now is the time to clean your fish tank. Now is the time to balance your checkbook. And if you really want that pickup truck, now is the time to go out and get the damn pickup truck, okay? Hey, drive it around. Because, you know, the end of the world is supposed to be coming Friday because of the blood moon. And I'm just thinking, you know, I, I really better get all of my programs off my chest as much as I possibly can. And who better to talk about that in the first hour, then Alan Thomas. As a matter of fact, I think, uh, let me crank this up and see, uh, is this Alan Thomas right now? Alan, is that you, my friend? Why, aren't, why am I not hearing you? Okay. Alan Thomas, is that you? Let's make sure I have my Bluetooth on. I have my Bluetooth on. And I have the channel open, open channel D. Uh, Alan Thomas, if you can hear me, call back, okay? Because something wacky is occurring. I've got good dits on my good bars. I've got the Bluetooth on. So, Alan Thomas, if you can, uh, call back. I'm going to do this. There we go. I don't know why I wasn't hearing you, Alan Thomas. Try it one more time. Anyway, Alan Thomas is going to be on in the first hour. And the second hour, we're going to uh, have a Kurt Schlichter article. The Trump-Putin summit is the worst thing ever until the next worst thing ever. And uh, also, as a little bit of insight, I'm going to be on the Jeff Dunnett's show Tomorrow afternoon, actually it's tomorrow morning if you're on uh, the West Coast at 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern. And you, everybody needs to listen to, to uh, um, Jeff Dunnitz. He's got a great show. And speaking of Kurt Schlichter, he's also had uh, uh, Kurt Schlichter on a couple of times. All right. Alan Thomas, are you there? Yeah, I am. Can you hear me? Now we got gotcha. you. 
See, it's Yay. phones, phones and boards and computers and all that kind of stuff. They're they're like I've learned. I've been dragged kicking and screaming into technology and understanding how shit works. I <laughs> finally found out, Alan. By God, if if the crap doesn't work the first time, just reboot its ass. And so that that's- I figured, you know, if if that's what happens with the computer and the phone is a computer now, basically. So I thought, okay. Second time's got to be a charm. It's just technology. That's how I chalk it up to. Yep, it is. Hopefully I'm coming clear. I I don't know how my adjustments are here. You are very clear. I turned up my volume, and uh, life is doing very well. So uh, I had to have you on. We're going to talk about this perhaps in a little bit, uh, a little bit more in depth. Oh, now that's where my chat room went. Okay, Jesus. Alan, you're going to laugh like a bastard at this. <laughs> okay, I just got through insulting my chat room. <laughs> I said about I said about two minutes ago, I said, well, there's nobody in chat. <laughs> Until I, I finally decided, you know, wait. Now, if Alan had to call twice and I had to reset the phone, maybe I ought to refresh the chat room screen and bingo yeah there's an ass load of people in chat so sorry everybody <laughs> my apologies <sighs> yep, looks like chat room's all full how you doing all yeah I, I hello everybody in chat but i also will say hello online of course uh mike is in chat simone is in chat whiskey dale is in chat you are in chat sir um dave Mil- milner is in chat uh, and nobody, anybody is in chat. So welcome. That's a first timer. So welcome to nobody, anybody. But you must be somebody if you're someone to be here in chat. So you can't just be anybody. You must be someone specific. However, today you've claimed anybody or nobody, anybody or anybody, nobody. Anyway, welcome, Alan Thomas. <clears throat> uh, well, it is an honor to be on your show anytime, BZ, anytime. You just say the word, and I'll tune in, and and we'll have a good chat. Uh, and usually we do. We do. Um, first things first, so that everybody, uh, there, there may be a, a couple of new listeners. Tell everybody out there a little bit about yourself and also where you can be found on uh, social media and or your show. Tell people a little bit about your show first, if you could. Okay. Well, like a little bit so they know me. Right. Uh, I was, I'm retired from the casino industry. I was the marketing director at a casino as, and also the food and beverage director and also the network administrator. Uh, but I am now retired, medically retired. And that is, that gave me the time to start doing an online thing. And I started helping out a friend and I'll even, uh, get, it was called Paranormal Central. We did three seasons on Fox and locally where I'm at. We did Finding Bigfoot. We did Monsters and Mysteries. Yep. We did Chasing UFOs. And not only was I in the show, but I also worked for the company, Animal Planet, uh, Nat Geo. And uh, I didn't work for Monsters the Destination America. But I, I worked for him while we were doing the shows. And it was kind of fun. 
And then we just, uh, our, the direction of Paranormal Central was kind of going uh, in a different direction than what we both were agreeing on, and I split off. You're and being, I started my own. You're being very kind. You're a kind individual, and, and the way you quantify that, you're being very kind. So kudos to you for that, sir. Yeah, I I don't see any reason on uh, hurting anybody, and because they can hurt themselves all by themselves. <laughs> they don't even need me. <laughs> funny, funny you should mention that. However, I digress. But anyways, I started my own YouTube channel, and it's just a small little channel um, called Squatch Zone. And and I'm growing by leaps and bounds, you know, maybe like three people or four people uh, per week. Good for you. And Good. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm up to around 8,200 and something uh, followers now and growing. <laughs> Okay, well. And I have a great time. I don't have a set day. I don't have a set time. I, I, At least at this point, I'm putting together a new studio. And once I get all situated, then I will look at, you know, setting a date and time and probably something once a week. But only everybody, because what's so cool about it is you go on, everybody wants to be, go live. So it's kind of, I, since I don't have a set in time, not everybody could be there when I'm live or know when I'm live. Right. But at least they catch the recording. So, so it's good. But hopefully here in, I don't know, a couple of weeks or so, I'll be going full steam ahead and have a set time and everything. Same back channel and all that kind of thing. Well, you did a hell of a lot of work to your in-home studio, and uh, I mean, you did everything: new paint, new carpeting, new furniture, uh, everything new. You've got all the stuff plugged into your board, and you and I made a pact just yes. recently. You and I made a pact, and we said one of the things that we wanted to do before the end of 2018 was we want to appear live in each other's studio now your studio is down near fresno and the shr media studio is two miles from the locus of evil here in california and it really is an honest to god studio and uh, it's it's been updated a little bit we're doing things uh, to the studio up, upgrading a uh, whole bunch of stuff but in any event we both forswore an oath that you're going to be here in the studio one day, and I'm going to be in your studio one day. And you talked about live. I don't know about you, but SHR first told me when I got together with him, I talked to Sackhead Sean, and his advice to me was, you know, you need to go and podcast a couple of times and get comfortable with things first. And I thought, no, you know what? I'm just going to take a bite out of the ass of live. And my very first show was live. Say what you think of it. And I just enjoy live stuff. I could easily pre-record a lot of people. And I, I have someone coming up that I've pre-recorded. I'm, I'm going to play. I don't know if I'm going to play her Thursday or next Tuesday. Well, I might not be around next Tuesday. We we might be all gone by next Tuesday. But if I'm still here, I might play her. Yep. Don't you know? The end of the world. It is. It is. And that's one of the reasons that we're here tonight. But I just enjoy doing stuff live. And uh, I I think you do, too, as a matter of fact. 
I'm hooked. I, I actually have, uh, with the other guy, I have over probably around 580 live shows. Wow. Uh, under my belt. And then that's not counting the cable shows and, you know, all the other stuff right. and all the other where, you know, going on other people's shows live. I've been on lots of shows. Like I'll be speaking in for everybody that's listening. I will be in Jackson. Oh, at the para, oh I can't remember what it, I think it's, it's called like a para, para isn't Paracon. Isn't that it? Yeah, well, I think they have a different name for uh, it. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to see here. I don't want to get it wrong. It's the Motherload Paraquest 2018 okay. in Jackson, California. And I will be speaking on November 3rd. I'm going to try to be there for the whole weekend, the 2nd, the 3rd, and the 4th. The 2nd will be a meet and greet and a masquerade ball. And the 3rd will be all guest speakers. I, I think there's like 10 of us now. And the 4th will be ghost hunting at different, a couple of different locations. And that will depend on what level of ticket that you buy. Like if it's a gold or a platinum or a silver. And I, and I don't know what they are. You know, you could go to the Motherload ParaQuest 2018 website and you can see everything that it has, you know. And I haven't had time to really look at it too much, but I told them I will tell everyone. And tell you what, I will be there. And you mentioned that to me uh, in terms of the linkage with if you happen to be in Jackson, that puts you in a little bit of proximity to the studio. So I'm hoping that as you are in attendance at the ParaQuest uh, uh, conference or the Paracon in Jackson, that you appear here live in the studio. That'd be great. By the way, for people that don't know what or or where Jackson, California is, Jackson is up in what's called the gold country. When gold was discovered in the foothills, the California foothills east of Sacramento in uh, 1849, I believe, 1848, something around there. And Jackson is part of the, the foothills, and it's, it's called gold country. So even in November, it's going to be probably a little warm if you decide that you're going to come up here. And it's, it's a cute little town. It's got a lot of amenities to it. Uh, they're not huge amenities. I mean, I think they've got a Dairy Queen, and, and they sell fish, and there's probably a meat market somewhere. No, I'm just kidding. Jackson is a cute little town. So I am going to yep. go, guaranteed. I am going, sir. My wife, the the beauteous Mrs. BZ, uh, she is a paranormal freak. She's a ghost freak. She's a UFO freak. That's why she loves the hell out of you, which is why there's no hell left in you, because she loved it all out of you. And uh, oh, yeah. she listens to every show that you have. She listens to every paranormal-type podcast. So, yeah, we will be there, most definitely, sir. Cool. And I will be work. What I promised you, I'll be working on that. I'm, I haven't talk to him yet but i am working on it okay i will let you know if if you do that's great if you don't that's okay too because we are definitely going period end of statement that's all there is to that cool the other thing well, i'm sorry go ahead sir to try to have a booth he well he gave me a a booth and i'm going to take the computer and and all the you know a, a little a piece of equipment with me and right. if i 
can, I'm going to try to interview all the guest speakers. And then I want the people that I want people that uh, want to come in and sit down and tell stories. You know, if they have right. a ghost story or a Bigfoot story or a UFO story or, an, you know, whatever it is, paranormal story. That'd be great. Uh, in and sit down and talk with me. Yeah, we will either do it live or we will, I'll record it. You know, I don't like doing recordings like you, but I will and, and I'll play them on my YouTube channel. That is a hell of an idea. And my guess would be, sir, that you will be the only person there with any kind of a live setup at all. That would be my guess. You guys, uh, when you were with uh, Paranormal Central, you guys were the only live folks at the SAC UFO Con. I think that was uh, 2014, if I'm not mistaken, right around in there. 2012. Are you serious? God, it was that long ago? Yes, sir. 2012. Oh, holy moly. Well, I got to tell you. Okay, folks, that's where I first met Alan Thomas was at the SAC UFO Con. And as I indicated, I had no idea who uh, who Alan was. He was with uh, Jeffrey Gonzalez at the time, and they had Paranormal Central. There was this elaborate set on a, a slightly raised dais just outside a lot of the rooms. And I guess it's because they didn't know where the hell else to place you. I mean, you had, you guys had an incredibly elaborate set that clearly it took a long time to set up. But I, I sat there and I was watching what you guys were doing and you were watching the show on your telephone. And I thought that was an amazing kind of thing. And I struck up a conversation and then I started calling into the show and that's where I first met you. Because yeah. Alan Thomas is a great... Folks, if you haven't sussed it out already, Alan Thomas is a great That was guy. when... I, I At that time, that was the... We were at the... We brought aliens, oh, stuffed aliens. Yeah. You guys brought um, the window? Yeah, we brought everything. We had a we had a complete set with monsters and aliens. Oh, and, was... I mean, we had one alien hooked up to a drip... Uh, <laughs> Like it was on a hospital gurney, you know. Yes, it was, yeah. It looked great, and what, what we the idea was was to let people come and take selfies in front of all the props. Uh -huh. People loved it. Once they found us, they loved it, and we had a great time for three days over there, and it was so fun. It was a gas. Unfortunately, I I can only conclude that they probably didn't make an arse load of money because they never did it again. So I was very no, sad they about didn't that. Make very much money. Um, something happened. I don't know what, you know, there was some kind of blowout. Really? The people that were holding the event. And so they they never did another one. And, and it would have been fun to do some more of them. But they, they had some kind of blowout and, and uh, they, they're not together anymore. Yeah. Sad. Uh, but now the one I'm doing w in Jackson, in also in 2012, uh, right after the SAC UFO con, I was at they had a paracon at St. Mary's Hospital in Virginia City. Wow. Okay. And we went didn't over see there. Now, now Jeff didn't go with me on that one. I just did a Bigfoot presentation about what I'm going to do at this one, you know, 50 minutes or something like that. And that's about it. But, but I will make the meet and greet and, 
hang out with everybody and be sitting at my little booth waiting for everybody to come and, you know, shake my hand and talk with me and all that kind of stuff. But it was really fun. It was haunted as heck. They they gave really? us a room. Really? And it, I think I was on the second floor. And it was, it's a really, it was an old sanitarium. And man, oh man, uh, I went to bed and then I was woke up by some deep voice talking into my ear. And oh. I couldn't understand what it said, but it woke me straight up. And it was trying to grab my covers and pull the blankets off of me. And I kept fighting with it all night. And finally around um, 5.30 in the morning, and we didn't get in there until like 1 in the morning. So 5.30 in the morning, I decide, you know what, I'm done fighting with this thing. And it waking me up, you know, talking in my ear. I mean, it was right next to my ear, this loud, deep voice. So I get up, and I went with this other guy, and he was also presenting there and I got up and went down to the kitchen and thought I would make some coffee or see if anyone had made any coffee and he was down there and he had already made the coffee and I'm like what are you doing in here and he said I couldn't sleep the children were running up and down the hall he goes you didn't hear the children they were laughing and screaming and running back and forth up and down the hall he goes it was keeping me awake all you know I never got to sleep thought wow i didn't hear any kids and i was in the room right next to him but that whoever that guy was he wasn't letting me sleep either and we had a good old time laughing about it and talking about you know the kids running up down the hall and and he was like i would have rather had the guy talking in my ear he goes i hate kids you know <laughs> so it was a real it was a hoot and and i was i guess scheduled to go do the other ones but I was so busy doing TV and internet shows that I couldn't go do any of his other cons or quests or repair things until this year. And wow. I told him for, for sure this year, I will be there, you know, for sure. I'm, we got about uh, four more minutes till the bottom of the hour break. I'm going to tell folks something tonight that I've never told anyone in public before if my wife happens to be listening she'll be shocked now I did tell you the last time that you were on I did tell you that I thought that I'd seen some kind of a younger Bigfoot during the day climbing up a ladder out of Clear Lake onto a dock which I thought was very bizarre but I I went into detail about describing that I in my opinion I saw something clearly that I could not explain. You, your input was such that it could have been uh, a younger Sasquatch. Uh, the detail was such that I just it. I don't think it was a man, unless it was a guy in a hair suit being stupid enough to climb up out of Clear Lake for some God knows what reason. Uh, but anyway, uh, we have three more minutes. I tell you what, I'm going to leave that story until we come back. After the break. Now, I noticed that somebody said uh, it was Beantown Billy said uh, just now a prayer for sword point nine. And that's Kaiser Schuff. And uh, if we could, before the bottom of the hour break, uh, Kaiser Schuff is uh, he was a military dude, used to work, uh, used to be in the Army, used to be in the Marines. And now he is a private contractor and he has been uh, assigned all over the world. And you and I, Alan Thomas, we spoke 
on his show, once we figured out the technology, we spoke. That was, that was a miracle, by the way. <laughs> we, that was a miracle. <laughs> we spoke for five hours straight. That is the longest show that I think that I will ever have partaken of. Kaiser Schuff, uh, he's going back into the sand pit, and he just left the, uh, he left last Friday the 20th, I believe he said. He might be gone yep. for a couple of months. So if anybody knows uh, Kaiser Schuff, he's known as Sword Point Nine. send him a prayer to make sure that he's, uh, while he's over there in the Middle East, that he's safe doing whatever it is that he's going to be doing. Because if he told us, he'd have to kill each and every one of us, damn it. And I yep. like my life way too much for that. And speaking yeah. of life, uh, we'll all be gone on Friday because this Friday is the uh, biggest blood moon, I think, that we will see in, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, at least a century. So we're going to take a break. We are talking to Alan Thomas a Sasquatch paranormal investigator, a dude who knows about everything unexplained. Thanks to Whiskey Dale, Alan himself, Mike, Simone, Dave, Andy, nobody, anybody, and Beantown Billy. Thanks for being in chat. Uh, when we come back, uh, the reason d'etre for our being here today, and uh, I will tell you a story about the paranormal that I've never told anybody yet and I think my wife, like I say, if she's listening or maybe she listens in podcast a little bit later, uh, she's going to be very surprised that I'm doing this. Folks, it's the Bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show, live and direct here on the SHR Media Network. Don't go nowhere. Pretty please. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. The new show on the SHR Media Network, Sackheads Against Tyranny. On shrmedia.com, go there quick like a bunny, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, every Wednesday, live and direct on the SHR Media Network, shrmedia.com. Be there. Human by race, Christian by faith, American by nationality, and conservative by choice, Reverend Ralph J. Chittam Sr. is the right guy on SHR Media from 8.05 to 9 p.m., Monday through Friday. And if on the rare occasion I am ever wrong, I will still always be right. The Right Guy on SHR Media. When dirty politicians, shadow governments, and deceptive Islam blind the world with fake stream media smoke, their only fear is one man with a cane. I'm Dave Milner. Join me through shrmedia.com, highplainstalkradio.com, and the Western Free Radio Network at Spreaker, YouTube, and iTunes for a different perspective weekly on The Unpleasant Blind Guy. And catch me on Jeff Mitchell's EDL Radio on blogtalkradio.com. There's no surrender ever. Because truth is not always pleasant. Hey, this is Michael Wright. And I'm Shannon Wright. Join us for The Right Way with Shannon and Mike, Monday through Thursday from 7 to 9 a.m., right here on SHR Media. Why are they joining us? For fun things like sports, politics. Oh, maybe some news and entertainment? And all kinds of other things. Money and recipes and events, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so join us Monday through Thursday, 7 to 9 a.m. here on shrmedia.com. Hey, who's going to take Sean's chair? Uh, well, uh, I'll, I'll run the buttons if you want. 
The what? The bu- well, the slider, the slider the thingies. The those what? things. We have those? Yeah. Right, right over there. Where? It's, it's on the board. That damn technology. Fucking technology. I know. What are we going to call it? Sack call what? The show. What? The show. What show? The new show, Wednesdays. Every Wednesdays. Every Wednesday on SHRmedia.com. 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Um, sackheads, sackheads. Against tyranny. There you Against go. Against tyranny. I like that. I like that. Let's do it. You guys are port. Hello. I'm Tim Hart. I'm the guy BZ hires due to his shameless contract with the SHR Media Network. To voice his promos, he'd like me to tell you that the Bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon radio show can be found on SHR Media Network, Spreaker, and YouTube every Tuesday and Thursday night at 11 p.m. Eastern and 8 p.m. Pacific, featuring right thinking from a left brain and doing the job the American media maggots won't. You'll find that the speech is free, but the drinks are not. There, in the saloon, just when safety pin manufacturers are running out of metal for the diapers of the leftists, BZ is sending his personal drones of freedom into the wheelhouses and ossicles of lovers of sovereignty and liberty nationally and globally. Broadcasting behind enemy lines in occupied California, BZ swears that no rights were harmed in the making of this promo. It's your business diva here, Melanie Collette. I am inviting you to a front row seat as I discuss some of the most intriguing details of wealth and finance with today's movers and shakers in the world of business. Listen in and discover financial truths on a global, domestic, and household scale. Uncover topics that will impact your wallet today and in the future. Money Talk with Melanie airs Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. East, 2 p.m. West, right here on SHR Media and High Plains Pundit Talk Radio. You can't afford to miss it. Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you're listening to the Bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show, live and direct on the SHR Media Network as I am broadcasting. From the palatial and sumptuous SHR Media Studios, two miles from the belly of the beast, locus of evil, Chatramento Fornicalia. Hey, it's it's a terrible thing, but somebody's got to do it tonight. We're talking to Sasquatch uh, and paranormal investigator and researcher Alan Thomas. Uh, before we go uh, a little bit further... One thing I do want to point out, and in chat, Alan uh, indicated that it's it's entirely possible that uh, Kaiser Schuff may be listening right now. If so, folks, uh, if you can, send some good thoughts and prayers to Kaiser to make sure that whatever he's doing over there in the sandbox, that he's safe and comes back all in one piece. His family wants to see him back. We want to see him back. We love you, my brother. Be safe while you're there. I uh, also wanted to tell folks this. Um, A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, I went on my honeymoon in 2007. We went to uh, Tahoe, to the ridge in Tahoe. Then we went to Timber Cove on the ocean in California. Then we decided we were going to drive up uh, I-5 and stay, uh, we ended up staying overnight in Eureka and then went all the way up to Astoria, Oregon, which is right on the inlet for the Columbia River. Went to the Columbia River Museum. It's a great town, had a lot of fun, 
stayed there, enjoyed ourselves, came back, and it was uh, in. Uh, it was still snowing, as a matter of fact. So we stopped at this place. I think it was called the Whale's Tail Inn, and it was just outside uh, Lake Shasta. And it was it was storming. It was uh, February, so there was still snow and whatnot. And we stayed overnight there. <clears throat> and while I was there, it was kind of a unique room, not a real new place. Uh, but we thought, okay, you know, we just lucked into it. Just we didn't plan on staying there. We stayed there overnight, though. I had this funny inkling that there was something in the room. Now it was a, it was a queen or a king size bed, and I'm there. It's at night with my wife, and. I had this funny feeling I was sleeping on my side, but it was as if something absolutely huge materialized out of nowhere and was looming over me. Uh, It was massive. I woke up. It got me out of a sound sleep. It was probably one of the most... My hand, I can distinctly recall my hand being kind of outside the bed and draped over the side a little bit. Uh, and I, I can remember I pulled my hand in, you know, like like a kid, like being in your bed and under the covers is some kind of a king's X so that the bad shit doesn't get you. And that for me, that was very disturbing. That's the only time that anything like that has ever occurred and my wife used to tell me you'll never tell anybody that story you continue to insist that it was just a dream um something she she believed that something visited us in the night now what it was i don't know but not before or since have i had an encounter like that with anything so i I have no idea what it was. I don't know if it was something that was haunting that room, that motel. Um, I, I have no idea as to what the heck it was. So let me ask you then, Alan Thomas, what was your most recent sort of unexplained activity or event that occurred to you? Um. The most recent was last Thursday. Wow. Okay. We were out at, we, we've been having a rash of, of, of what they call dog men or wolf men, whatever, okay. uh, lately, and Bigfoot, and actually uh, green orbs off the hook over here. Green so, orbs. Yeah, and I and usually the orbs that color are over. Usually, um, the people that report those are in usually the reservations around the area. We have s- several, and I have friends in all of them. And I've heard people tell me about these things, and they're usually floating along the treetops over uh, creeks and stuff. Okay, but now my. Uh, there lately, um, in the last few weeks, there's been a rash of these dogman sightings. And for this area here, it is rare for us to like normally, you know, three a decade. 
maybe. Wow. Okay. I mean, that's, so now there's five in two weeks. And, and last year there was several. So it seems like it's on the increase. So we went out to the area right where, and the, and when we went with the guy that seen it, and it, he thought it was stalking him, he said that it, he was actually looking in a different direction where the Bigfoot hang out. Okay. And that's why they were there. Uh, they like oranges. And they were actually facing the orange grove towards this river, and the oranges uh, growing along the river. Well, behind him was a mountain. And for some reason, he felt kind of weird. And he turned around and 20 yards away was what he thought was a Bigfoot at first. And it was like stalking up on him. And as soon as it seen that he was looking at him, looking at the dog man, the dog man turned and he thought it was Bigfoot. But as soon as it turned, he could see the ears and the snout, and it wasn't, it was like real huge in the chest and arms. It had big, long, bony fingers, and its legs looked really weird. And then it did something that I never heard anybody say. It, he said that it started jumping up the hill, you know, like 30, 40 feet leaps. And they were, it looked like a Spider Man movie. You know, Spider-Man jumps around, right. you know, building, building and stuff. Right. He said it dropped down on all fours and it leaped four or five times and then went over the hill. And we were, I was looking and it looked like probably 175 yards about from where he saw it to where it went over the hill. And I'm thinking, dang, you know, like four or five leaps and went over the hill. I mean, he, that's amazing. But he wasn't counting how many he was totally blown away and it scared them because they realized this thing was sneaking up on them and they had no idea if he wouldn't have turned around they don't know what would have happened so we're out there we get out there the only problem is it was like a hundred and you know 80 degrees oh, that day oh it's been and hot I'm, as hell up here oh yeah same down here i mean it's terrible and so there's not a lot of people that it's a beautiful river, and there's a park right next to two parks, really, along that stretch right there. And nobody's been in them in the daytime, hardly at all. But at night, it just came alive. There was just people everywhere in the parks. So we went to a spot that was really close to where he saw the wolf thing or the dog man, and we started making Bigfoot calls, things to uh, get get the Bigfoot to uh, call back to us or, you know, get a response. They use, they can't, there's certain things you could do and Bigfoot can't help but they will respond. And it's kind of weird, but they every single time do it. Were you guys doing so knocking? Out, uh, no, we didn't knock this time. We were, we were using whistles and monkey calls. Oh, okay. sound, try to sound like a monkey, and they re, they respond to it almost every time. But once they figure out what's making the call, sometimes they will shut up, and then you won't hear anything after that for at all. And that's what happened. M made a few monkey calls, and there was like a high pitched scream came out of the oranges. 
and it did it three times. And then the, the across the road behind us, where the Bigfoot was coming, or the Wolfman was coming down the hill to this guy, a bunch of coyotes got set off. And, and then he's like, is that really coyotes, or is that the wolf or dogman or whatever? And I have no idea, you know, I don't know, but it sounded like coyotes to me. I know they can, Big, Bigfoot can mimic every single animal, including us. Really? Oh, yeah. They I... can make every, they can, they can, like, if you're with someone and you're out and they hear your name from someone, they can sound just like that person and they'll be off in the edge of the woods and they'll call your name. And it'll sound like the person you're with if, if, if they're not around. If that and isn't creepy. That yeah, they do that, and then they sound like kittens to little kids. They That's how they lure little children is they, they start doing a kitten call, like a little kitten meowing. And the children usually go for that. And then usually the kid goes around the tree, and then you never see the kid again. Let me ask you this, if I can interject just for a second, because my wife and I were talking about Bigfoot and she was throwing some theories out uh, and she says, you know, I wonder, are Sasquatch cannibals? Oh, yeah, they are for sure. And I mean, that goes way back. Um, and I didn't know that when I first started this, but uh, way back, uh, I, I think it was over 200 or no, 700 years ago, something like that. There's an oral tradition right here in California where they had a war. The tribal, the tribes had a war with the Bigfoot, and the Bigfoot was taking the babies in the night. Mm. And one time it took a very important baby, like the number one son of the top chief. And Oops. so in the morning they tracked him and they found him up in a tree eating the number one son. And they shot him with arrows, but they didn't kill him. They had arrows all in him, but they didn't kill him. And he, that night, the tribe was attacked, and only two people lived out of 48 or 49 people. Two got away, and the rest were killed. And then that started a big war until... The, the tribes got together and got like three or four hundred uh, warriors and they tracked the 40-something Bigfoot that came in and killed that village off. They tracked that back to a cave and then they had a war and they knew where they lived. And one day they tried to smoke them out and get them out. They couldn't make them come out. So they, in the daytime, they made a, they smoked them out. And as they were coming out, they killed almost every single one except for one. One got away with arrows in it, but they killed all the rest of them. And then a, a few weeks later, the, as the story goes, the chief of the Bigfoot tribes, there's small clans all around, but there is they, they have like a hierarchy like I guess everyone does. Right. And came and sat down and smoked the peace pipe, and then they – divided the areas and they said if you don't go in these areas and hunt and take game then we won't go in your areas and take your babies and we'll hold to those boundaries long as nobody breaks those boundaries no more war and they all agreed on it and i i you know i was kind of like i don't know about that story you know mm -hmm. and you know the the windows that we have 
well, there's this place, and we call it the spot, because every time we go there, you're we've had people run away, get in their car and drive away scared because of, you know, it's an active Bigfoot spot. You go with us over there, you will come back a believer, or you will leave and never go back to the mountains kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's off the hook. And one day I was visiting with some of my friends that are tribal members, and I told them about that, and they go, what area is that? When I told them, they're like, oh, man, stay out of there. That is their area. We don't go there. That, that's that's one of the boundary areas. And I'm like, what? Really? Whoa, okay. You know, but it didn't keep me out of there, but but it did – I do think about that every time I walk in there, you know, like, oh, wow, you know, I'm in the no man's land, you know, no man's go in there, you know, good thing we're not tribal members around here, we'd be starting another war, I guess, I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah, that's an interesting thing. Oh, and then I was going to tell you about your story at uh, Clear Lake. Okay. After you told me that, I went back and did a bunch of research on Clear Lake. Clear Lake is like, one of the hottest spots in California for sightings. There's really? hundreds of sightings wow. there. Yeah, and and a lot of people go there, the Bigfoot researchers, that's one of their favorite research areas is over by Clear Lake. And I thought you might find that interesting. Yeah, I certainly do. Now, you had said last time you were on a, a couple of months ago that you thought that was true, but you were going to do a little bit of investigation into it. And I find that very, very interesting. And thanks thanks for doing that. Um, let's go forward a little bit for the, the reason that we're here. <clears throat> Friday, this Friday, we're going to have a total lunar eclipse, and it's going to be the longest blood moon visible this century until 2123. So this Friday, July 27th, the full moon is going to turn blood red. It's the longest total lunar eclipse of the century, and it takes place in the skies all the way from Australia through Africa. Now, a total lunar eclipse, for folks that don't remember your science, uh, that occurs when the moon passes uh, through the Earth's uh, shadow. And when that happens, the moon tends to turn this this kind of rusty orange or deep red in color, and that's how it earned the nickname of a blood moon eclipse. And the red moon uh, also pairs well with Mars, which reaches its opposition just before the eclipse and will also appear orange or red in color. So this is a very unique history-making event some people have said to the point where, you know, um, here, here, for example, here's an article from the UK. This is from the uh, Sunday Express in the UK. Blood Moon 2018. Will the world end with the July 27th total lunar eclipse? And they talk about the, the blood moon. And there are some theorists and uh, preachers who are looking at the celestial bodies for heavenly signs of the end times. And like I say, that's when the moon takes on this this really deep, dark hue. Now, everybody said that we're going to be dying in 2012, I think it was, and that didn't happen. And there have been lots of preachers that are saying that uh, any number of dates that humanity was going to expire or uh, 
Alan, maybe you can help me with this. There's a planet that was supposed to perhaps even crash into us or something like that. What the heck is the name of that planet? I can't remember. But uh, uh, Planet X or or uh, uh, Nibiru. 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 That's the one. Okay. Now, whether you believe in that or not, it's going to make for a great exhibition this Friday. And in the promos, I was making a lot of fun about, uh, you know, make sure you uh, pay all your bills and go out and buy that pickup you've, you've been longing for for quite some time. Then drive the wheels out of it because, you know, everything ends on Friday. And kids, by the way, that means you don't have to do your homework because, after all, what's the point? Anyway... I wanted to ask you, though, even if you don't believe in that kind of stuff, I have to ask you, uh, where are we heading? Because I remember you mentioning to me in the past that lots of things have been ramping up. Uh, You mentioned Sasquatch sightings have been increasing. Dogmen sightings have been increasing. Unexplained events have been increasing. So we've got about seven more minutes before the top of the hour break. Um, Are we going somewhere? I mean, is there a reason in your estimation as to why a lot of this stuff seems to be really ramping up? Yeah, yeah. In fact, there was two sets of blood moons in just a you know 2014 2015 and they were they every single one of them landed on a jewish feast day really okay yes and i mean they were right on easter right on i mean they were right on jewish feast days so yeah, I think it's all, I think all of it is connected. I think like the veil is getting uh, thin. We have people seeing more shadow beings, hat man guys, aliens. In fact, Sunday I went out with Adolf. He was abducted at Courtright Reservoir, 101102. Hmm, okay. Him and and I mean, he the, he will not even after dark. He goes home. He will. He does not stay out after dark. He he's afraid of the dark, and really, what's in the dark is what he's afraid of. He, now, for folks and, for folks that are not aware, can you give sort of a general sense of where Cartwright Reservoir is in California? Yeah, um, it is up Highway One Sixty Eight. It would be. Um, I guess just south of China Peak ski area, um, probably just west of Mammoth Mountain Ski Resort so it's, or, or it's, Mammoth Lake. It's kind of up so in the Sierra Nevadas a little bit in the mountains. Yeah, and most people, are they know Shaver Lake or Dinky Creek. It's just past those okay. in the mountains. But that would be going towards... Uh, Mammoth Mountain, the the one with the ski resort that just had, or I think it was January, it had an avalanche that took ha- part of the top of the mountain off. Holy and crap! The avalanche. This is the, everybody. They're saying it was an avalanche. Okay, 
but it wasn't a, avalanches don't usually take mountain with it like as much as what it took so that is really weird in that mammoth mountain has been shaking around a little bit like it's waking up not only mammoth mountain it, like to go with what all that you're talking about um, hawaii is off the chart right oh yes usually five volcanoes will blow up per year or you know at one at a time kind of thing there's there there's always one going somewhere well right now we have more than in history going all at one time and we have some waking up that haven't blown up in 50,000 years in fact they just found a new one they call it it's called they call it a new caldera supervolcano in New Mexico and it's waking up and it's supposedly bigger than Yellowstone New Mexico the geology guys are saying they're not worried about Yellowstone as much as they're worried about that. And I mean, so everything is, everything's waking up, wow. everything's shaking up. Everything is, it's in the uh, sky, it's in the earth. It's, it's all over the place. And, and it, and it's biblical. If you go back and you read, you know, I know a lot of people, they get mad at me when I say these things, but if you read revelation and you read, you, you read predictions for this certain time where they call it, you know, the end days or whatever. All these things, when you see all these things come to fruition, you are in those days. That's what it says. And I would say if there is ever a signpost, like here's your sign type of thing. Right. Um, we're in there. Like when you talked about your cell phone, it says that technology will be going crazy. And I, here we could ride five miles up in the air, and for the last thousands of years, nobody was could get out of a horse and buggy, and nobody could, if you wanted a view, you had to climb a mountain. The phone that you have that you carry around, five hundred thousand times more powerful than the computer that took them into the moon. So I mean, we're in we're in a weird day right now. We're in a weird time. So it's very interesting days to be living in. I find it exciting. It gives me a lot to do. Well, And if it doesn't, I'm going to have a good time and party all the way out. <laughs> party on, Garth. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Okay. I got to ask you this. We've got about a minute to the top of the hour break. Uh, can you maybe hold over for about 15 minutes or so? I got a couple more questions. Would that be okay? As long as you want. As long oh. as you want. Okay, beautiful. But as long as it isn't five hours, we're golden. <laughs> but as long as you want. <laughs> Give me the whole show. I don't care. No, it's it's not going to be five hours, although that was a, a just an historic event, shall we say. Yes, it was. Folks, you're listening to Alan Thomas, a Sasquatch in investigator and researcher, paranormal investigator, has been on all sorts of shows on television, has his own YouTube channel and his own show called The Squatch Zone. And with that, we're going to be right back. Uh, don't go nowhere. I ask you kindly, pretty please. And thanks for listening to the Bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon radio show right here on the SHR Media Network. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. The new show on the SHR Media Network, Sackheads Against Tyranny. 
on shrmedia.com. Go there quick like a bunny, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, every Wednesday, live and direct on the SHR Media Network, shrmedia.com. Be there. Human by race, Christian by faith, American by nationality, and conservative by choice. Reverend Ralph J. Chittam Sr. is the right guy on SHR Media from 8.05 to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday. And if on the rare occasion I am ever wrong, I will still always be right. The right guy on SHR Media. When dirty politicians, shadow governments, and deceptive Islam blind the world with fake stream media smoke, their only fear is one man with a cane. I'm Dave Milner. Join me through shrmedia.com, highplainstalkradio.com, and the Western Free Radio Network at Spreaker, YouTube, and iTunes for a different perspective weekly on The Unpleasant Blind Guy. And catch me on Jeff Mitchell's EDL Radio on blogtalkradio.com. There's no surrender ever. Because truth is not always pleasant. Hey, this is Michael Wright. And I'm Shannon Wright. Join us for The Right Way with Shannon and Mike, Monday through Thursday from 7 to 9 a.m., right here on SHR Media. Why are they joining us? For fun things like sports, politics. Oh, maybe some news and entertainment? And all kinds of other things. Money and recipes and events. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, so join us Monday through Thursday, 7 to 9 a.m. here on shrmedia.com. Hey, who's going to take Sean's chair? Uh, well, uh, I'll, I'll run the buttons if you want. The what? The bu- well, the slider, the slider the thingies, those the things. We have those. Yeah, right, right over there. Where? It's, it's on the board. That damn technology. Fucking technology. I know. What are we going to call it? Sack call what? The show. What? The show. What show? The new show. Wednesdays. Every Wednesdays. Every Wednesday on shrmedia.com. Eleven p.m. Eastern, eight p.m. Pacific. Um, sackheads. Sackheads. Against tyranny. There you Against go. Against tyranny. I like that. I like that. Let's do it. You guys are port. Hello. I'm Tim Hart. I'm the guy BZ hires due to his shameless contract with the SHR Media Network. To voice his promos, he'd like me to tell you that the Bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon radio show can be found on SHR Media Network, Spreaker, and YouTube every Tuesday and Thursday night at 11 p.m. Eastern and 8 p.m. Pacific, featuring right thinking from a left brain and doing the job the American media maggots won't. You'll find that the speech is free, but the drinks are not. There, in the saloon, just when safety pin manufacturers are running out of metal for the diapers of the leftists, BZ is sending his personal drones of freedom into the wheelhouses and ossicles of lovers of sovereignty and liberty nationally and globally. Broadcasting behind enemy lines in occupied California, BZ swears that no rights were harmed in the making of this promo. It's your business diva here, Melanie Collette. I am inviting you to a front row seat as I discuss some of the most intriguing details of wealth and finance with today's movers and shakers in the world of business. Listen in and discover financial truths on a global, domestic, and household scale. Uncover topics that will impact your wallet today and in the future. Money Talk with Melanie airs Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. East, 2 p.m. West, right here on SHR Media and High Plains Pundit Talk Radio. You can't afford to miss it. 
Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we are back. It is the second hour, and I am happy as hell to be here. We have been talking for the first hour and will continue to converse with the lugubrious and and absolutely loquacious uh, Alan Thomas, he of uh, the Squatch Zone, a paranormal investigator, a man well-versed with the unexplained and also a Sasquatch investigator and researcher as well. There's been a ton of things that have been gone uh, that have gone on in chat. And we're talking last about uh, potential earthquakes and, and whatnot. I just went to the Drudge Report. I, this little thing just tickled my brain, and I thought I could have sworn I saw something about an earthquake earlier today, and it was in Oregon. Now, Alan, you mentioned that apparently there's a big fault zone in New Mexico, correct? Okay, I, I don't know what that's called. Uh, I didn't have the chance to, to uh, check that out in my favorite search engine because I hate to mention the G word anyway and give them any more creds than they don't deserve. But I looked at this article on the Drudge Report, and it mentioned that Oregon now up to Washington just had a fairly powerful earthquake. People are all freaked out in California about the San Andreas Fault, and they're also freaked out about Yellowstone. Now, I didn't know there was something to worry about in New Mexico. That's a new one on me, but of course, I don't disbelieve that because you've done your research on that end of it as well. But there's also one big thing that people don't remember or they haven't been educated about in the Pacific Northwest and it extends up into Canada a little bit. And that's called the Cascadia Subduction Zone. And yep. it's infinitely larger than the San Andreas Fault. And people have hypothesized that if this bad boy corks off, there's going to be hell to pay in Paltor pay. In other words, this one could potentially make San Andreas, anything in San Andreas, look like a piker. As in, you know, taking out Seattle and any of the the uh, uh, various towns and areas and cities up this Cascadia uh, subduction zone, and apparently it's it's because the two plates that are meeting, the two tectonic plates that are meeting there, are larger and motivated by more energy than any of the plates down in the San Andreas Fault. So now that you mention New Mexico. That made me think I could have sworn I read something today about an earthquake up in the Pacific Northwest, and that that did occur. So, if we'll be now be watching for something to happen here in California, because right. they, the the earthquakes will they send they send their force, or you know, as 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 they the force moves underneath the crust of the earth. It, it follows the fault lines and it will, it will cause other earthquakes down the line. And sometimes the same, uh, size. And one of the funny things, funny that you, um, bring up Oregon and Washington. I've been following for, oh, I don't know, maybe 
three years, I, I keep an eye on the earthquakes all around the world. There, there's this uh, couple of three websites I follow, and I and I go to them, I don't know, two or three times a week, and I look at them. And one of the things that I've noticed in the last, I don't know if they have a computer problem, a software problem, or they're just not reporting it, but the Pacific North uh, Oregon and Washington specifically are not reporting the tremors and the earthquakes and stuff. You see it all in California, and then it's just blank, nothing. So that leads me to think there is something going on over there, and they don't want to report it because if you start seeing small earthquakes, not tremors so much. Tremors means that uh, the the plates are moving, and that's a good thing. When the when the plates stop moving, that's a bad thing. Then they're building up pressure. Right. Exactly. And then when it releases, it makes a big earthquake. Well, they're not reporting any of this stuff, and it's just blank. I mean, there's nothing. But only how they have to report a big earthquake. I mean, they did report that, but then they downsize it. They've been doing a lot of downsizing, and I, I think it's a bunch of crap, you know. They, first they say, oh, it was a 6.0, well now it's a 5.7. They, then they do that all the time, everywhere. They've been doing it in Hawaii all the time. I don't know. It's like to, to uh, have people maybe in their mind go, oh, it, oh, it isn't that bad, you know. But they have not been reporting any of the little tremors, any of the little earthquakes, the two points, the three points, the 1.5s, anything like that. Nothing. It's a clean slate for months, months. So it doesn't surprise me that a big earthquake happened over there. I've actually been expecting it because they're not letting us look at that. And that's how you find out. Uh, that's how you find out. In fact, there's a guy, I, I don't usually promote anyone, but his name is Dutch Sense, S-I-N-S-E, all one word, Dutch Sense. You hmm. can go on his YouTube and he'll teach you how to watch the earthquakes. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah, and you can follow, if you watch a few of his web things, and he has a live one going also that you can watch and see how it's going. I usually, once I learned how it works and watched him for, I don't know, eight or nine months, and he, they actually, the government is against him now and trying to, like, downplay him. So that means he's on the right track. You know, they, when, if they ignore you, then, you know, you're you're way off. But as soon as they start giving you attention and trying to shut you up, then, you know, you're you are you're on to right something. Track. Yeah. Let me confirm that this the name of this guy is Dutch since like D-U-T-C-H-S-I-N-S-E. Yes. OK. Dutch. And he, has, he has YouTube and he has live. I've been watching. I started watching him about five years ago maybe six years ago and I followed him, you know, all the time. And now I've, I could pretty much, uh, I go on there sometimes when there's big earthquakes and hear his take on it because he's been right. So often it's just eerie. I found the article that I was looking for off of drudge. And also there are two more 
that uh, anybody, nobody has been kind enough to place into chat. And I'm going to get to those in just a moment and uh, and discuss those. The one that I was looking for from Drudge is from the Oregonian. It says this series of morning quakes off southern Oregon coast includes a 5.6. So that's not a small earthquake. Uh, no, that was updated yeah. at uh, 9 a.m. this morning, Pacific time. And the story said 11 earthquakes ranging from 2.8 to 5.6 magnitude were reported off Oregon's southern coast Tuesday morning, according to the U.S. Geological Survey. The quakes, on average, were clustered about 126 miles west of Crescent City, California. No tsunami warnings were announced. Don Blakeman, a geophysicist at the National Earthquake Information Center, said the magnitudes haven't yet been serious, adding that quakes of this caliber occur fairly often off the coast. The 5.6, which occurred at 7.44 a.m., qualifies as a moderate earthquake. The impacts would be more significant if it had occurred uh, on land rather than 10 kilometers under the sea, Blakeman said. Now, that's that article. Um, well, they, they have been, they had, it was a 6.0 and they downgraded it to a 5.8 uh, about two weeks ago in Alaska. Oh, yeah. And, and I think they had a few of them in the five up there and so i've been waiting for it to come down you know to and they do it at equidistance so equally as you'll see an earthquake and they'll be as they uh pop off or release energy and have earthquake they're actually equidistant it's kind of interesting to watch and i've been waiting for them to come now it's now it's at the california border and we should be seeing something they report more in California and we've been having a lot more activity along Northern California um, over there in the buttes, you know, right along the border. They've been having little small 3.0s, 3.5s, and it's following, it's following uh, the Craton, which is a plate that runs through uh, Colorado and then down and around like a J and it goes through Texas and up into Oklahoma. And that we've been having, earthquakes off into Oklahoma as well. And what's really weird is when you look down in there where the earthquakes are, there's thousands of oil pumping operations. And all they're doing is making little pinholes or, you know, little holes into the crust Correct. along. They're on the fault line. So they're just weakening the fault line. And I, it's interesting to me. It's interesting. I don't know what that means, but usually when you weaken something, uh, it makes it easier for things to go off the hook in the wrong way. Uh, Dan put this in chat, and I just checked this article. This is from KGW8 in, uh, I think it's Seattle. The headline is, Deep Earthquake Tremors Move Parts of Washington Westward. A recent wave of earthquake tremors began in May. Scientists believe a series of tremors could one day cause a major earthquake. A wave of earthquake tremors over the last few months have moved parts of Washington State and Vancouver Island westward. They've been called silent earthquakes, slow slip, or deep tremors, and can take months to play out. One just wrapped up that began in April. They occur when the oceanic and uh, continental tectonic plates quietly slip past each other deep in the earth. These silent quakes weren't known to researchers 20 years ago. They were discovered in Japan 
which has a similar geologic structure to the northwest coast of the U.S. and southwestern Canada. That same structure expected uh, to result in a magnitude 9 earthquake and tsunami off the coast, much like uh, what killed some 16,000 people in Japan in 2011. Now, let me back up a little bit. You mentioned uh, Alaska, and there was an earthquake, and I don't have, I'm not on on, uh, my search engine right now, but I can distinctly recalling, I think it was an eight that decimated Alaska in 61, 62, something like that. Now, yeah, that was a. That was more like a nine something or a ten. It, that was a big one. It was huge. And as a kid, I can remember the pictures in the newspaper of the 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 different levels of streets. Like there's a chunk of someone's street here, and the rest of the street is twenty or twenty five feet below that. Buildings completely decimated. Uh, oh, wait, uh, Dave in chat says, uh, no, that was a nine in 68 or nine. Okay. I know you joined it. I, cause I was, I was about 10 years old when that happened. And I remember the pictures too. In fact, we would go in the library and, you know, before there was computers, you could get in the newspapers mm-hmm. and magazines, you know, that, that was our big fun and we would pull those earthquake things because we, in 71, I think it was, we lived in L.A. for about a year. And we we went through that earthquake that was in 71. I can't remember what the name of it, name of it was. But, man, it, it rocked our world, tore our house up, and we moved back up here. <laughs> and we actually lived up by Yosemite and then moved down there. My dad got a job down there. And. And right after that earthquake, it was like, let's get the heck out of here. Because it actually shook for days, and it got worse and worse and worse. And then one morning, it really shook and shook the house apart. And then it started shaking a little bit less, a little bit less, a little bit less as it went down. And But they were all, you know, 7.0, 6.8, like that. And it was it was uh, scary. I and found it. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the information. It was called the 1964 Alaska Earthquake. The 1964, I was only off by two years. Jesus, dummy. Uh, the 1964 Alaska Earthquake, also known as the Great Alaskan Earthquake and the Good Friday Earthquake, occurred on March 27, 1964, across south-central Alaska. Ground fissures, collapsing structures, and tsunamis resulting from the earthquake caused about 139 deaths. This wow. is amazing. It lasted four minutes and 38 seconds. It was a magnitude 9.2 megathrust earthquake. It was the most powerful earthquake recorded in North American history and the second most powerful earthquake recorded in world history. Yeah. That's rather significant. I guess the army went over there where the, that we got to watch. I can't remember what year it was. But it had that big tsunami that took out everything. That one was a big nine something, also. Right. Right. And now, again, thanks to Dan in, in chat. Uh, here's another yeah, article. <laughs> 3.4 magnitude earthquake jolts Oklahoma County. And you don't think of anything like that. 
from Oklahoma County. An earthquake shook up residents in Oklahoma County. According to USGS, the 3.4 magnitude earthquake struck at 5.35 p.m. Its epicenter was located about four miles west of Arcadia, five miles east, northeast of Edmond, 14 miles south of Guthrie, and 16 miles north, northeast of Oklahoma City. It was just over three miles deep. Now, when I think earthquakes, I sure as shit don't think Oklahoma City. Now, I, as we discussed earlier, uh, we're seeing a trend here. We're seeing yeah. a pattern. And we're talking well, about earthquakes. Now, in, now, do you in, remember, it was maybe, I don't know, two or three years ago, there was one that hit Washington, D.C., and it damaged the, oh, what is that, the old spire they built on the mall. Yeah, I can't remember what they call it, but it's right across from the White House, and they have the big water feature, and then there's that big, tall monument. It damaged that and a couple of other things around Washington, and it and nobody nobody says there's earthquakes there either. You know what? I, the uh, East Coast, it's not known for that, all that stuff. But this thing is waking up. It's like the earth is waking up. Too bad the people can't wake up. No, that's true. And the the information keeps on coming. Thank you, chat room, for being so active and alive tonight. Here's another one from uh, KTRE ABC 9. Two earthquakes strike western Texas. West Texas. Two earthquakes rocked western Texas Sunday night and early Monday morning. That's this week. The first earthquake struck 8.19 p.m. Sunday night. The quake had a magnitude of 2.3 and a depth of 5 kilometers. The earthquake hit about 6.4 miles west-southwest of Cleburne, Texas, and 140.9 miles north of Austin. The second earthquake was a magnitude 2.5, reached a depth of 3 kilometers. This one hit about 6.41 a.m. Monday morning. The location of the second earthquake was about 85.9 miles southwest of Andrews, Texas, and 71.5 miles west-southwest of Odessa. Uh, then there's this other article that was put up in the chat room. Fracking-induced earthquakes generate anxiety in the public. A new Bar- uh, Berkeley study shows that fracking-induced earthquakes can generate significant anxiety in the public since 2010 when fracking for natural gas and oil in Oklahoma began in earnest. There's been a concomitant increase in seismicity with many earthquakes induced by wastewater injection from fracking and other drilling operations. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Think about it. Five kilometers is about how deep a well is. That's about how far down they go. And when you know, and they, and then it's on the craton, which is a fault, and it comes down out of, uh, I would say Alaska, or Canada, and then it goes down through the Tetons, through Colorado, and down, and then it curves around down Texas, and then it comes back up, and it go, and it kind of ends in Oklahoma. And that thing has been going off like this for as at least a couple of years now that I've been watching it. And every once in a while, it shakes real good. But, but you can watch, like you could watch from up high if you follow it. You could watch as Alaska 
shakes up there, you know, higher up, and you can watch them like dominoes go all the way down and around. And then if you look on Google Earth, that all along that whole fault, all through Colorado, everything all along it is pumping operations, so, uh, wastewater where they're pumping the water in and, and pushing the oil out. But all the way, all the way around, all right. And I don't know who the wise guy is that, that thinks it's okay to drill on uh, on fault lines, you know, like anywhere else but there. <laughs> I don't get why they think that's okay. <laughs> Couldn't figure that out. Dave in chat also put this link up as well. Um, it says the largest earthquakes in the United States, and let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. The f- the top biggest earthquakes have been in Alaska. The number one we just discussed was that March twenty uh, eighth, nineteen sixty four earthquake, Prince William Sound, Alaska. The number two that was a nine point two. The second is an eight point eight in nineteen fifty seven. Uh, the Andrianoff Islands in Alaska. Number three was an 8.7 in 65, the Rat Islands, Alaska. The number four was an 8.3 in 1938 in the Shumagin Islands. And let's see, the, uh, f- the, the tie for that is also 8.3. And I happen to know something about this. Uh, because I'm sure you've heard of Rogue Waves. I happened to buy a book about five years ago called Rogue Waves or, or something like that. And it mentioned this particular incident that I'm going to talk about now. And it's tied with number four at 8.3. And that was the Latuya Bay, Alaska earthquake, July 10th, 1958. Now, I happen to know a little bit of something about that, just enough to be dangerous. And that was this. That was the largest ever recorded tsunami that anyone ever remembered. Latuya Bay is in Alaska. The tsunami, as it was rolling into that bay, there were people in fishing boats that survived this. But see if you can feature it. And there, I think there are still photographs on the Internet of this. Wow. The tsunami came uh, in Latuya Bay. There's a backdrop of a number of mountains. So a tsunami rolled into Latuya Bay and went up and destroyed up the mountain to an elevation of 1,100 feet. So anything in that bay was completely obliterated up to about 1,100 feet. That much I do remember from that particular book. But, you know, we can back off and, and say... This is kind of all leading somewhere. Now, we can talk about earthquakes. We can talk about the heat. uh, We can talk about the rain. uh, We don't have much to talk about in hurricanes because if you think about it, the United States has been really lucky in terms of hurricanes for the past couple of years. There really hasn't been much activity. There was a recent tornado, if I'm not mistaken. I don't recall. It was somewhere in the Midwest. Uh, but that activity well, has not, not been uh, going on quite a bit recently. Year, last year, the Houston, was it Houston? Was it last year? And that one came in, there was three in a row, and they came in and they camped right over Houston. And flooded it out. Maybe it was... Uh, oh, the uh, Gulf, the Gulf, right. Okay, yes. Yep. Yeah, they, right. had, they had three in a row. I mean, it, it took Texas out. I mean, it 
Texas. drowned them. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you know, and I heard a few people died, but but I mean, you're right. We've been pretty lucky, really. Oh, and stupid me, I forgot about Puerto Rico too. That was dumb of me. So those were the same ones, I think. They came through over those islands and then came in the Gulf and then went right over uh, Texas. But Florida got they had that one. I think it was in the same year too that they kept they didn't know how to predict it and it took out one side of Florida and it left the other side alone even though it went right over Florida like Tampa was hardly even touched but there was no water it took I um, mean see these pictures where the water was gone the ocean water went way out miles and everybody was walking out there <laughs> and but on the other side they were drowning it pulled that water around to the other side, and, and it was just surging up, took everybody out. It was the weirdest, weirdest kind of thing. You know, you can look that one up, too. That that was interesting. I can't remember what year, though. We got about one, yeah. one more minute to the bottom of the hour break, then we're going to take a break and come right back. When we come back, I'd like to continue talking to Alan Thomas, a paranormal investigator and Sasquatch researcher and all-around good guy. Uh, and I'd like to ask him again where all of this is going, where it's coming from. Uh, maybe ask him a, a couple of questions uh, about dogmen, etc. But before this, I can remember distinctly anybody, I'm sure, every, well, probably everybody in California remembers the 1969 uh, earthquake. I think it was the Loma Prieta earthquake. And at the time, I had a guy working for me named Bob Gasser. Uh, for the sheriff's department. And Bob was in San Francisco in 1989 when that earthquake hit. He wasn't on the freeway. He was on the streets of San Francisco. And no, he wasn't with Carl Malden or Michael Douglas. But he was on the streets of San Francisco driving with his wife in a Mazda. And he told me the story this way. He was driving, I don't remember what direction, but he said he felt something before he heard something. And he looked in his rearview mirror and it seemed as though there were some kind of alarms or bells going off. And it wasn't until later that he put two and two together and remembered that, oh, it's all the car alarms that are starting to go off because of this earthquake. He looked in his rearview mirror and the earthquake was chasing him. He remembered looking in the mirror and seeing that a rolling lump of pavement was coming towards him at a rapid clip, it went under him, it shook the car, it took it off the wheels, it slammed back down onto the pavement, and the earthquake disappeared in front of him. I'll never forget the story that he told me like that, because as he was telling it, I, I got an incredible visual off of that thing. Folks, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. The new show on the SHR Media Network, Sackheads Against Tyranny. On shrmedia.com, go there quick like a bunny, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, every Wednesday, live and direct on the SHR Media Network, shrmedia.com. Be there. Human by race, Christian by faith, American by nationality and conservative by choice. Reverend Ralph J. Chittam Sr. is the right guy on SHR Media from 8.05 to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday. 
And if on the rare occasion I am ever wrong, I will still always be right. The Right Guy on SHR Media. When dirty politicians, shadow governments, and deceptive Islam blind the world with fake stream media smoke, their only fear is one man with a cane. I'm Dave Milner. Join me through shrmedia.com, highplainstalkradio.com, and the Western Free Radio Network at Spreaker, YouTube, and iTunes for a different perspective weekly on The Unpleasant Blind Guy. And catch me on Jeff Mitchell's EDL Radio on blogtalkradio.com. There's no surrender ever. Because truth is not always pleasant. Hey, this is Michael Wright. And I'm Shannon Wright. Join us for The Right Way with Shannon and Mike, Monday through Thursday from 7 to 9 a.m., right here on SHR Media. Why are they joining us? For fun things like sports, politics. Oh, maybe some news and entertainment? And all kinds of other things. Money and recipes and events, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so join us Monday through Thursday, 7 to 9 a.m., here on SHRmedia.com. Hey, who's going to take Sean's chair? Uh, well, uh, I'll, I'll run the buttons if you want. The what? The bu- well, the slider. The slider the thingies. The those what? things. We have those? Yeah. Right, right over there. Where? It's, it's on the board. That damn technology. Fucking technology. I know. What are we going to call it? Sack call what? The show. What? The show. What show? The new show. Wednesdays. Every Wednesdays. Every Wednesday on shrmedia.com. 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Um, sackheads, sackheads. Against tyranny. There you Against go. Against tyranny. I like that. I like that. Let's do it. You guys are porked. Hello. I'm Tim Hart. I'm the guy BZ hires due to his shameless contract with the SHR Media Network. To voice his promos, he'd like me to tell you that the Bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon radio show can be found on SHR Media Network, Spreaker, and YouTube every Tuesday and Thursday night at 11 p.m. Eastern and 8 p.m. Pacific, featuring right thinking from a left brain and doing the job the American media maggots won't. You'll find that the speech is free, but the drinks are not. There, in the saloon, just when safety pin manufacturers are running out of metal for the diapers of the leftists, BZ is sending his personal drones of freedom into the wheelhouses and ossicles of lovers of sovereignty and liberty nationally and globally. Broadcasting behind enemy lines in occupied California, BZ swears that no rights were harmed in the making of this promo. It's your business diva here, Melanie Collette. I am inviting you to a front row seat as I discuss some of the most intriguing details of wealth and finance with today's movers and shakers in the world of business. Listen in and discover financial truths on a global, domestic, and household scale. Uncover topics that will impact your wallet today and in the future. Money Talk with Melanie airs Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. East, 2 p.m. West, right here on SHR Media and High Plains Pundit Talk Radio. You can't afford to miss it. Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is the final 25, the final segment in tonight's two-hour extravaganza with the kindness and gentleness of Sir Alan Thomas, who has been very kind with his time, and we greatly appreciate it here at the saloon. 
Alan uh, has his own show on YouTube, which I highly recommend. He has tons of episodes that you can watch and listen to. It's on the Squatch Zone. And all you need to do is go into your favorite search engine or go directly to YouTube, either one, and uh, just put in Squatch Zone. And I'm sure Alan would really like it if you subscribe to his channel. And then also he would enjoy it if you like his show, give him a big thumbs up from OBZ. Alan can use all the subscriptions. Hell, what am I plugging? What am I plugging Alan for? Go to the YouTube channel and uh, give me a thumbs up for the for the Berserk Bobcat Saloon. What the hell? I'm promoting you well, before me, Alan. What the hell is wrong with me? I've been sending everybody to you too. Oh, good. Thank you. You are great. Oh, thank I you. mean, you're the next big thing coming up in radio. Well, I, I'm serious. I'm, you know, you, I, I will have my factory uh, issued heart attack. There will be there will be heart clutching and, and pearl clutching and whatnot. Who knows when that's coming? That's in the future sometime. Uh, what I wanted to also get to you is, um, and my wife was discussing this with me the other day. And you had mentioned it a little bit. Uh, of all places, uh, let me go back to this story. I found an article that's pretty interesting. And it talks about, uh, here we go. You had mentioned that Fresno is a really active area. And it's, it's getting increasingly more active for Sasquatch, dogmen, even UFOs, and paranormal activity. I, find, I found this article. This is from fresyes.com, whatever the hell that is. Oh, it's fresnoyes.com. Okay, duh. And it says... Yeah, it says, interested in the supernatural, here are the top 10 most haunted locations in the Fresno area. And you tell me if you've heard of any of these, uh, if you can, Alan. It says, number one, Chandler Airport. Built in 1936, yeah. Chandler Airport has uh, had countless visitors come through its doors over the years. It seems some may not have left from reports of shadowy figures walking in the main lobby and a lone elderly gentleman watching the airfield from an old control tower and disembodied voices heard in the diner area. Chandler Airport has its number of ghosts. Have, have you heard of Chandler Airport? I have. So at least I, I wanted to be a pilot growing up. So I spent a lot of time at airports. I was in the Civil Air Patrol and flew in and out of that one. In fact, it's a, it was an old... Uh, base, you know, back in the day, well, military base. So it has seen, you know, a lot of stuff. So, yeah, it's a good one, too. Number two, it says Kearney Mansion, the Fresno landmark built in 1903, is said to be haunted by uh, M. Theo Kearney himself, dismayed that his dream helped, of an agriculture. I'm sorry, what's that? I helped restore it. Did you really? I've I'm a painter by trade right out of high school, and okay. my, my family were painters, cops and painters. That's what that's what my family is. And I did both. <laughs> well, only uh, I, I helped. I did all the sandblasting, but I was using walnut shells. 
and I sandblasted the outside and did a little painting on the inside. But yeah, it's haunted. And it's a beautiful place. You, we restored it. It's beautiful. You can go in and the Kearney Mansion. Same. That one is too. I didn't, I've only done a little painting at the Kearney Mansion, not much. Then number three is Channel Road. Channel Road, nicknamed Snake Road due to the windy nature of the road, is said to be haunted by the ghost of a woman searching for her two daughters. It seems one night she was driving down the road at a dangerous speed, took a turn too fast, drove off the road, and into the adjacent canal. Not like we didn't have a deputy do that on our own down in the Delta. Uh, there was a, a, God, what was his name? Stan Azevedo, I think. Uh, was driving a, a sheriff's unit uh, code down the Delta and uh, took uh, a little bit of a drink into the uh, Sacramento River. Anyway, uh, Channel Road. Have you heard of Channel Road? That's one I have in the last four years. They have had Wolfman triangle sightings, weird shadow animals running around, Bigfoot. Um, I, we were just there this week, in fact. Um, that is where we filmed the the Destination America cable show on that road. Yeah, that's a real hot one. Bigfoot, everything's on that road. And In fact, we're starting to think now that that it really wasn't a lady that ran into the into the drink with her car and died mm -hmm. because actually whatever they hear the screams of the La I can't say it, but you know, La Sharona or whatever her name is, they actually only hear the screams. That's what mostly people report. And we're thinking it's Bigfoot screaming. Ah, because you said that Bigfoot can emulate all kinds of sounds. Okay, that would that would make a lot of sense. See, this is why you never disappoint, Alan Thomas. I can tell you anything about Fresno, and you have a story for it, and everybody loves the hell out of all your stories. Here's number four, Sierra Sky Ranch. Sierra Sky Ranch uh, has been in existence in one form or another since the late 1800s. It was originally a cattle ranch. Uh, it was sold off in the 1920s, and... Oh, my God. And became a tuberculosis hospital in the 40s. It was turned into a rehab facility for soldiers. And today it functions as a restaurant hotel. There are at least six documented spirits, a former ranch hand who haunts the back of the property, a nurse and two children that were under her care and two former cooks in the kitchen who have a severe dislike for each other. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, that one, uh, they won't let us go um, investigate there anymore, but we used to, and it used to be, I would go hang out with Richard Keel right there. And really? And we'd have dinner okay. and See, do you, all that. You, you, bring that up, you bring up another thing, and for those that, that don't know you, um, you know, we our lives intersect with a whole bunch of people, and you told this story. And maybe if you could re recount it for a, a couple of minutes or two, you knew Richard Keel. Now, for those who don't know the name, once I mention the character, you're going to go, oh, hell yeah. Anybody remember the character, the huge guy who played Jaws in the James Bond films? That was Richard Keel, and he was a friend of yours. So if you could talk about him for a couple of minutes, maybe. 
Yeah, he he was actually a family friend. Um, I we met him. Oh man, a long, long time ago, and then he found out we did video production. We had our own studio, editing bays. I mean, I travel all over the world with that. But he, we, I started following him around. I was like his private cameraman doing, you know, birthday parties and watching his kids grow up and uh, documenting things for him. And we hung out all the time. I mean, he was the nicest guy. I had a hard time driving his cars, but because I couldn't, if I sat back in the seat, I couldn't reach the pedal. But if I was reaching the pedal, I could sit in the seat, you know, (laughs) he was a big guy, big guy. He was seven, what, seven, two, seven, three, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, he weighed about 475 pounds. At one point, he was a little over 500 pounds. And he wasn't, before he got hurt, he had a rollover accident trying to avoid a head-on, and he hurt his back. But it didn't slow him down. I mean, he still was traveling all over the world with uh, the James Bond guys. He's the only bad guy in James Bond they didn't kill off and they were even you, talking about bringing him back you're right and he, was, he was the only bad guy they didn't kill off and his favorite film was not the James Bond actually it was Happy Gilmore he oh, had, okay. that was his favorite one where, where the ball landed on his foot and he said your ball is on my foot you know <laughs> and then the next thing was I'll you in the parking lot you know <laughs> i'll see you in the parking lot or something like that those are that was his favorite movie that one and the one with uh clint eastwood where where clint eastwood was some kind of i can't remember the pale rider i think something like that and clint eastwood oh, hit him in the right he hit him with a massive chunk of two by four right in the nuts yeah, yeah, and then helped him get on his horse. Yes, right? yeah, and he was really quiet. And <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, those are his two favorite movies, but he did like 75 movies. And through him, you know, I met sports stars. He, they, he belonged to a club that a lot of people don't belong to. So I, I met a lot of guys that were in the seven-foot range, and most of them were sports stars. I met a lot of, uh, like, stars that would be at his house and we'd show up and you know there'd be people there (laughs) you know and it would be a trip or i would take him to la and then we would be going to major major people if i said their names you would trip out you know and then go have dinner with them and i would just be like a fly on the wall you know i'd be sitting having dinner but i didn't say a peep i i was like kind of starstruck a little bit well yeah and listening they probably had great stories too People love to listen to folk stories. Yeah, it was was interesting. I mean, it was real interesting to live, to hang out with him. And then, then when he died, like I've been to a lot of funerals. He had the best funeral I ever been to. And that, that's a weird thing to say about a funeral that it was the best funeral you ever went to. I mean, what kind of remark is that, you know, but he didn't want anyone to be sad. Everybody had to party and, and everybody had a good, have a good time. So when we went in the church that he attended, they had bands and music and everybody was getting up and telling all the good things that, 
you know, through their life with him. And little did anyone know while we were in there, he was setting up a dessert banquet outside that wrapped around the building. Every cake, cookie, candy, ice cream, cupcake, (laughs) anything dessert, it was out there. And I mean, it was everything, even the ones where it was, they had the machine where you could fill up some, the cone, you know, ice cream cones. Oh, yeah. I mean, like it was. Those are great. It was book. And then they were telling everybody, you know, take some home. There was so much, every pie you could think of, uh, just everything. And I sat there and I had a great time. And it, I know since I died once, I know that we're, we don't die really. You're more alive where where you go and he had a really rough time at the end. He could barely walk and I know he was in a lot of pain. So now where he's at, he's standing tall where he is now and I'm sure he's enjoying it. No pain. And he's probably sky in it, you know, bigger than ever than everyone. And it, it's just, just so cool. Again, another reason why I love having you on, you have great stories back in Fresno, the number five, strangest place in Fresno, the Zalud House. Built in 1891 in Porterville by John Zalud, the the, uh, Zalud House is today a museum that still contains all of the original furnishings. Several spirits haunt the house. One is said to be of John's wife, Mary Jane, and uh, another is that of the cursed chair in which the Zalud's son-in-law, William Brooks, was sitting at a nearby inn when he was shot by a local woman whom he was harassing. Let that be a lesson to you, sir. The chair is now in the Zalud house. You can see you can see bullet holes in it. It is, <laughs> it is said anyone who sits in this chair has pains in their chest in the same location where Brooks was Whoa. shot. That... Now, I, that one's about an hour and a half, maybe two hours away from me. But I have been there, but I didn't know all that. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, it says Porterville. Do a little research. The number six, and I would never have suspected this, the number six haunted place in Fresno is the Fresno Central Library. Have, have, yeah. you, have you heard of that? It says, oh, yeah. It says books fly off the shelves. Mm-hmm. And the second floor seems to be haunted by a former librarian who clearly is pissed because you didn't bring the damn book back. His presence has been felt by several employees who think he was happy there, and that's why he's still around. Ever been to the Fresno Central Library? <laughs> yeah, it's haunted, and only they won't let us go in there. And then they, have, they used to have the Wolf Manor. That was, that was one of the best ones, and it was only a few blocks from where I live, and they tore it down. But they wouldn't let us, the guy that owned it wouldn't let us go in there either. Number seven. I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Alan. I was done. Oh, okay. Number seven. This is weird. Maybe you've heard of this. I certainly have not. Friant Road, F R I A N T. Friant Road. It seems the ghost, or Friant Road. It seems the ghost of a former police officer still patrols Friant Road, even after his passing. Legend says the officer pulls over motorists and warns them about speeding on the road and what could happen. Then he writes what some are calling a warning ticket and lets the motorist go. 
Isn't that cool? Yeah, that that is pretty weird. Then the motorist confused would go to a police station to inquire about the warning, only be told that that type of ticket is no longer being used. And they check the badge number on it. They find out the officer died on that stretch of highway several years ago from a motor vehicle accident. Yeah, they have head-ons on that one all the time. There's a casino right up there, and people like to go drunk, you know, gamble drunk. Right. And they don't have – it's a dry casino. So there's so many accidents. It's just unreal. In fact, um, my my great-grandfather – or great great grandfather, there's uh, right up there is the Bryant Dam, and underneath the lake, the t- there's a town that my family started, and they had an old outpost, trading post, traded with the Indians, and that's where the county seat was. And I I think my great great grandfather was the first judge and county supervisor there. So, yeah, I know all about all that whole road and everything in the history. It's it, called, uh, not Chick Chansey, it is Table Mountain Casino. It, it says, the last sentence is, it seems, even in death, he's trying to prevent the same fate that happened to him from happening to others. Number eight, oh, I would cool. not have thought this, uh, but then upon consideration, I, I realized, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you could say this is in the Fresno area. And this is the Wawona Hotel. I stayed in the Wawona in 90, I don't know, I guess that'd be about 95, 96, right around there. Absolutely uh, beautiful place. It's one of these huge places that has a fireplace so large that you can walk right into it. It's massive. And it's called the Wawona Hotel. It's in Yosemite, in the Yosemite Valley on Wawona Road. And it says, in the 1920s, there was a small plane crash outside the Wawona Hotel. The pilot was taken to one of the outlying cottages, succumbed to his wounds there, and ever since employees have seen a ghostly figure clad fully in flight gear, leaving the cottage and walking down the steps and then disappearing. Another strange thing that has happened at the hotel include when a group of people saw a throw rug levitate three inches above the ground and float towards them. And also, fire alarms have sounded even though there is no one nearby that it could, that could have pulled the alarm. My guess would be you've probably been to the Wawona to visit. Yeah, I grew up in Yosemite, so I there's a bunch of haunted places in Yosemite. That one, the one you're talking about, it has all kinds of stories. And even the local mall, Fashion Fair Mall, it is real haunted. Yeah, when I think of hauntings, I sure as shit don't think about malls. <laughs> Here's number nine. <laughs> Lost Lake. One night, yeah. two witnesses who were fishing along the riverbank at night saw a figure moving in the bushes. They shined a flashlight on it, saw a young child wearing nothing but swim trunks. Then they heard a noise and shined the light in that direction, only to find nothing. Shining the light back where the child was, there was no one there. Many people, including children, have drowned at Lost Lake. So it seems plausible that one or more could haunt the area. This is interesting. Strange creatures have also been seen in the area. Uh, Does Lost Lake sound familiar to you? Yeah, and you know what's really funny is it is right off Bryant Road, just down below Bryant Dam. Perfect. 
Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I was just, I was at the fish store. Thank you for reminding me about cleaning the fish tank. But uh, I was at the fish store and the guy helping me when he, he recognized me and he, and he's like, Oh man, I got to show you these pictures on his phone. And he was fishing at Lost Lake and his wife took pictures of him and she was up on this broken bridge looking down on him. Mm -hmm. And there was a little boy sitting next to him that wasn't there. Wow. He did like a faded out white, whitest looking little boy. So he didn't know it at the time, but the photograph showed that. Right. Wow. See all these cool things happen to people. Why can't this cool shit happen to me? I'm so depressed. It probably does, but you're not paying attention. You know, I, I think a lot of people have stuff going on around them and maybe the other side is trying to get their attention, but they're too busy to recognize it or something a little bit weird happens and then you you try to write it off instead of investigating a little more as as my wife would say hey honey that's you (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, and me sometimes it would be okay here's number 10 the very last one roosevelt high school auditorium the roosevelt high school auditorium is said to be haunted by leslie chambers who died on the stage October 10th, 1960, during a school assembly. Leslie will make his presence known in different ways from objects missing and then reappearing later to playing pranks on unsuspecting uh, students. It seems Leslie hasn't been forgotten, as it seems that every production includes his name in the list of cast and crew. Ever hear of the Roosevelt High Auditorium? That's uh, my, my aunt went to that school and graduated and it's still happening today still everybody's telling me man you need to get they won't let me go in there though and and investigate they like to tell the stories and the kids come out telling stories but the school district will not let you go investigate oh that's terrible that's so we they actually did a movie about it i can't remember what the name of it is but they used a local theater instead of the school because they wouldn't let them go in the school and do it on the stage. So they use a little theater in town somewhere and did a movie about that. Folks, our time is at an end. Uh, It's time to wrap up the entire show. Number one, my thanks, my effervescent thanks continuously to Alan Thomas uh, and Alan, tell folks where you can be found, read social media, and also about your show. Well, they can find me. I don't have much. I mean, all I have is the Squatch Zone, and it is just Squatch Zone. So if you Google that, it pretty much take you to me, and it's uh, all YouTube. But I am, I am kind of growing, so I'll be having a website pretty soon, and doing some other stuff but right now it's just youtube squatch zone and it is always a pleasure to talk with you sir i love you guys you you guys are the best and anytime anywhere um all you got to do is give me a little advance notice uh i i like that uh i we're gonna have you back in perpetuity or until the day i cack uh, also, you are on Twitter at Squatch Zone, and you're on Facebook. Uh, let's see, I don't recall. Are you on Facebook at Alan? Or excuse me, are you on Facebook 
as Alan Alan Thomas? Yeah, I have that, and then I, I do have a Squatch Zone uh, Facebook, but but it's only me doing all this stuff. I don't have a like I don't have a producer or yeah. a big crew or anything. Yeah. So right now me. I'm just maintaining YouTube, and a lot of stuff gets posted automatically over to Twitter and the Squatch Zone Facebook thing. But I don't I I don't have enough hands and ears and eyes to handle all of it yeah but but they can find me on the i think it's called uh sasquatchin on facebook you call alan thomas at sasquatchin.com or something like that and they could find me on facebook okay and cool the easiest ways to find me on youtube it, you can find me on youtube really easy that that one i'm really paying attention to cool Alan Thomas, thank you ever so kindly for being here tonight. Folks, thank you for being here. Alan, I'm going to have you on again, and I'll see you again in November. But, hey, I'm going to have you on probably again in the next month or month after that. And, uh, uh, well, folks, you... I'm going to see if you can't come on with me here pretty soon and, and talk about uh, some of the stuff that you do. I think it's very interesting, I... and I think it's tied together. I'd love to. And you know what? I kind of think that you might be right about that. And yes, the answer, the short answer is yes, I'd love to. Very simple. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, thanks for listening to the Bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show live and direct right here on the SHR Media Network. If you want to contact me, you can find me on Twitter at BZEP, B-Z-E-P. You can find me on my blog at bloviatingzeppelin.net. You can contact me and send me uh, hate mail with FNS words like other people do, bz at shrmedia.com. My original intro music is by Possessed Tranquility. You can find them at reverbnation.com. Promotional consideration by the Lockheed Martin Skunk Works and by the Boeing Company. If it ain't Boeing, I ain't going. And also by Pratt & Whitney Engines Thrust, you can trust. And occasionally by the Allahu Snack Bar, a little bit of Muhammad in every bite. Thanks to my personal KC-135 Kettle One refueling team, with whom I will be consorting in less than an hour. Thanks to Alan Thomas for being here tonight. Thanks to you folks for listening being involved in chat and also the podcast tomorrow night sackheads against tyranny it's a real chat show with myself sackheads clint good night folks god bless take care be safe everybody quiet down now and get some sleep good night everybody good night mama good night ben good night everyone good night mama good night daddy good night children Good night, Daddy. Good night, Elizabeth. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob. What's going on? I was asleep. What's everybody doing? Good night, Jim Bob. <laughs> <laughs>
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.